This is The Space Shot, episode 51, for July 4th, 2017. A star-spangled launch, Mars Pathfinder, and a shuttle landing. Hey everyone, welcome to The Space Shot, your daily space history, pop culture, and news fix. I'm John Molnix. Before I jump into some history, I have a quick update on the SpaceX launch that was scheduled for today. Unfortunately, SpaceX has postponed the launch until the 5th or 6th at the earliest, so they can figure out the problem that prevented them from launching twice in the last two days. Elon Musk tweeted that, quote, We're going to spend the 4th doing a full review of the rocket and pad systems. Launch no earlier than the 5th or 6th. Only one chance to get it right. I will bring you updates as they become available. On this day in 2006, the Space Shuttle Discovery launched on the STS-121 mission to the International Space Station. Discovery and her crew spent 13 days in space and delivered scientific equipment that was installed on the Destiny Laboratory module of the station. There was quite the eclectic mix of wake-up calls for this mission, everything from ABBA to Elton John, The Beatles, Coldplay, Smash Mouth, even R. Kelly, and U2. STS-121 was the second time the Rendezvous Pitch Maneuver, or RPM, was used. The RPM allowed astronauts on the space station to examine the underside of visiting orbiters like Discovery to check for damage that may have been caused during liftoff, which was the cause of the breakup of the shuttle Columbia. The mission was a success, and Discovery and her crew returned to Earth on July 17, 2006, after leaving one crew member on the station. Twenty years ago today, the Mars Pathfinder mission and the Sojourner rover landed on the surface of Mars. This mission was an example of what NASA could do with a, quote, low-cost mission, with the budget being roughly $280 million for the vehicle, operations back here on Earth, as well as a rocket. Pathfinder had a unique airbag design that influenced the design of Spirit and Opportunity's airbag system. The airbag, coupled with a heat shield, parachute, and retro rockets, allowed the spacecraft to slow to landing speed after traveling 300 million miles, roughly, over the course of seven months. The Pathfinder mission operated for 85 days, and the Sojourner rover operated for seven. This little micro-rover only weighed 23 pounds, but was still packed with instruments and cameras. On the old website for Pathfinder, the Sojourner rover is described as being the size of about a kid's wagon, so think a small Red Ryder wagon, and you've got an idea of just how micro this little rover was. The six wheels that provided mobility to the rover gave it a blistering top speed of 1.9 feet per minute. That's 0.02 miles per hour. This little rover wasn't designed to stray very far from the lander, having a maximum range of about 30 feet or so away from the lander, which is why it really didn't need to go super fast. Sojourner's rover mission was important because it gathered data that was used for the design of later rovers. It gathered thermal data on itself, tracking the difference between day and night cycles. It was also designed to examine material abrasion, how the wheels reacted to the Martian soil, as well as material adherence, which looked at how much a solar cell would function clean versus dusty. In addition to the experiments that were designed to look at how a rover may function on Mars, the rover also carried an alpha-proton X-ray spectrometer, which looked at the composition of rocks and other surface features around the landing site. 
the lander was renamed the Carl Sagan Memorial Station on July 5, 1997, in honor of the late astronomer for his contributions to both astronomy and space exploration. In the show notes, I'll link to the NASA JPL website that was in operation at the time of the mission. It's interesting to look back at the science we gathered from a mission that launched 20 years ago and compare it to more recent missions like the Curiosity rover. The past 20 years have also seen remarkable changes in how we communicate the missions of these robotic explorers. The old website has great content, and it's still functional by the way, but it's a far cry from the incredible content that's shared every day on all of the NASA social media accounts. I've got two more things today. First, one final piece of history I want to touch on. I was reading some presidential speeches from Kennedy on to see which president mentioned space in their 4th of July addresses. Well, I found one speech that took place at Edwards Air Force Base after the Space Shuttle Columbia completed its fourth mission, which successfully brought the testing portion of the Space Shuttle program to an end. President Reagan welcomed astronauts Ken Mattingly and Henry Hartsfield back to Earth on July 4, 1982, after they had completed their STS-4 mission. Mattingly was originally bumped from the prime crew of Apollo 13, but went on to fly on Apollo 16, the STS-4 mission that landed on this day, and finally on STS-51C. I'm going to have a series of episodes that look at presidential speeches and space policy from the Eisenhower years up to the Obama administration. It's still too early to examine what the Trump administration means for spaceflight, so aside from looking at the relaunched National Space Council, I'm going to stick with some topics that are more historical in nature for this series of episodes. The next two episodes will start looking at presidential speeches and space policy, and I'll come back to the topic as the calendar allows. Before I close today's episode, I want to read part of the remarks that President Reagan gave on this day in 1982. Quote, to ensure that the American people keep reaping the benefits of space and to provide a general direction for our future efforts, I recently approved a national space policy statement, which is being released today. Our goals for space are ambitious, yet achievable. They include continued space activity for economic and scientific benefits, expanding private investment and involvement in space-related activities, promoting international uses of space, cooperating with other nations to maintain the freedom of space for all activities that enhance the security and welfare of mankind, and strengthening our own security by exploring new methods of using space as a means of maintaining the peace. There are those who thought that the closing of the western frontier marked an end to America's greatest period of vitality, yet we're crossing new frontiers every day. The high technology now being developed, much of it a byproduct of the space effort, offers us and future generations of Americans opportunities never dreamed of a few years ago. Today we celebrate American independence, confident that the limits of our freedom and prosperity have again been expanded by meeting the challenge of the frontier. We also honor Tooth Pathfinders. They reaffirm to all of us that as long as there are frontiers to be explored and conquered, Americans will lead the way. They and other astronauts have shown the world that Americans still have the know-how, and Americans still have the true grit that tackled the savage wilderness. Charles Lindbergh once said that, quote, short-term survival may depend on the knowledge of nuclear physicists and the performance of supersonic aircraft, but long-term survival depends alone on the character of man. That, too, is our challenge. After Reagan had given his remarks, Mattingly and Hartsfield both spoke, 
and unfortunately I wasn't able to find any audio or video from that event. One more thing, I want to wish everybody here in the United States a happy 4th of July, and I want to end with my favorite fake presidential speech from the 4th of July. Yesterday, I forgot to mention it was the premiere of the movie Independence Day with Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum. In this movie, Bill Pullman plays President Thomas J. Whitmore, who gives a rousing speech at Area 51 as the last parts of America's Air Force make a stand against a violent alien invasion. We will not vanish without a fight. We're going to live on. We're going to survive. Today, we celebrate our Independence Day. Tomorrow, I'm changing up my schedule a little bit. Originally, I had planned some N1 rocket history, but I'm bumping that for a little bit. Tomorrow and the next day, I'm going to cover some presidential speeches that have focused on space. Thank you all for listening to the show. Producing a daily podcast takes a lot of time, and I would love if you could take just a minute to leave a rating or review in Apple Podcasts and let me know what you think. If you're so inclined, you can ask me questions in chat on Instagram and Twitter. Find me at John Mulnix pretty much everywhere. Subscribe to the podcast and share it with anyone you know that loves history, space, or pop culture. I'm John Mulnix, and I'll catch you on the flip side.